Every life tells a story, and through that life, an even greater story is being told. Today we're going to talk to Ron Rollins. He's one of many voices of faith. Mark Matsky, your host. Welcome to Voices of Faith. Today, it's my pleasure to have Ron Rollins with us. Uh, I've known Ron for over a decade at this point. He was the congregational president of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Painesville when I was called to be a pastor there, and we worked together for many years in various ministry endeavors. Uh, these days, Ron is working full-time for a shipping company while at the same time serving as a licensed deacon at St. Peter Lutheran Church in Shaker Heights, Ohio. So first of all, Ron, welcome to Voices of Faith. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Uh, Before we get into uh, sort of the background of your story, could you tell us a little bit about what a licensed deacon is and does in the church? Sure. Uh, the licensed deacon is uh, one that um, um, goes through a program that is organized and provided, sponsored by the Ohio District. Um, at this time, I'm not sure it's still uh, running or is viable, um, but it was a number of years back when I went. And actually, when I enrolled in the program, it was a little bit different outcome than what I anticipated. But uh, going through that program um, allowed me to. Uh, uh, fully get my license, which allows me as a licensed deacon to serve in different capacities within the body of Christ, within the church itself. And mostly what I've been doing in the past few years um, in this role has been serving vacant churches, vacant congregations that are without pastors or pastors that might be going on vacation and they need some help. So I'll go and provide some pulpit supply and things of that nature. So um, there's only a few of us. I think there's like six or seven of us in the Ohio district, but uh, it certainly is a joy and pleasure uh, to be involved in God's ministry. Now, you and I were talking yesterday, and you had your first funeral recently. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was uh, a funeral that uh, was a woman that was a longtime member of the congregation, but she wasn't very active in the church at the time because um, she had been shut in. And um, uh, the, the pressure, it seemed, or the, the opportunity that presented itself by um, having uh, to organize and prayerfully understand how to conduct a funeral service was something, as I mentioned, was something I'd never done before. Wow, did it uh, help me to grow and understand and grow closer to God and understanding how can I bring a message of hope to a group of people that are there to, you know, uh, offer their condolences and and grieve the process of losing someone, and you don't know the hearts of the people or whether or not they know the God of all creation or whether they're, you know, there just because out of uh, friendships or, or relationships. But uh, you know, to 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 do that and trust trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you um, so that t- hearts can be touched with the gospel message. Um, that was just a wonderful thing because I, I grew so much uh, in that process and just uh, uh, came to a greater understanding of um, how important 
um, having faith and trust in our Lord is uh, to get us through those times. Yeah, absolutely. And I've discovered over time that it, it seems to me that for pastors anyway, um, a, a funeral service or a memorial service is one of the best settings for what you might call evangelism. Because as you said, you don't know the hearts of those who are coming to pay their final respects. And in, in a number of cases, I'm sure that people are hurting and open to gospel comfort in a way that maybe they wouldn't normally be. So God actually sets up that opportunity for you in this uh, less than ideal circumstance from worldly perspective, but it's it's a case where you are called to stand and deliver the goods <laughs> yeah, and uh, see what happens. It, it's very interesting, uh, sort of the the counterintuitive way that God will work through us at times. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, Ron, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because knowing you as I do, I believe that you have a compelling story to share, and let's get started in talking about that. I'll ask you the question this way. How did, actually two parts, in in your upbringing, how did you experience the presence of God or not? And then secondly, how would you describe the way Christ claimed you as his own? Well, in my upbringing, I was uh, raised by a very Italian mother, um, and so obviously she was a, a very uh, um, strong practicing Catholic. And so, you know, we would go to church and, and do all of those family-oriented things to try and, you know, help nurture us in the faith, but it really wasn't anything that I felt when I looked back on my life uh, uh, had really any strength or meaning at the time for me, even though my mom, you know, was very uh, active in that. My dad was a non-practicing Baptist, so he wasn't involved in that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go into church um, and, and to sit through a, a worship service that was in Latin, that, cer- <laughs> that certainly wow. didn't help either. Yeah. You know, so here you are, you know, speaking in this language and you don't hardly understand what's going on anyway. And then, you know, all that happening, it was really, really tough. So um, although my mom was very strong in her faith, um, I, I, I don't get a sense and I can't look back on my life and get a sense of that. And my mom died when I was young. She was uh, about mid-30s, I guess, late 30s. And then I was uh, 10 years old, 11. And... Um, and so obviously that was uh, devastating as a young child. But mm-hmm. um, my dad um, ended up shipping us off. Uh, there was three of us in the family. And I ended up living with my grandparents for a year. And they're in Georgia. And they're very strict, practicing Southern Baptists. And so that gave me a completely different perspective on what God looked like, if you will, mm-hmm. in the heart of someone. And my grandmother was just one that I look back on. Um, that had a tremendous impact on the initial um, understanding of God and, and, and how he works in people's lives. And I could just see her, and, and her love for him was just incredible. And, and that helped a lot. I think that created a big foundation. Um, and then as I moved later on in life, I, you know, um, you know as, as all young kids and uh, young adults and stuff like that, I, uh, I had some of my, my, my wayward years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, 
ultimately. Um, I had uh, married once, and um, that marriage ended in divorce, unfortunately. And um, in my second marriage, um, it happened to be that uh, my wife was a Lutheran, not really practicing. My first wife was a Lutheran, and so at that point in time, I did convert, if you want to use that term, to Lutheranism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, even going through the courses and things of that nature was just kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. Because again, Requirements I didn't, to, to yes. satisfy. Correct. But again, I didn't see really Christ working in the hearts of my first wife at the time or her family. Hmm. Um, and then uh, when I married Cindy, my, my wife today, um, she um, was Lutheran as well. And as um, our children grew, we felt it compelled and important to um, have them getting involved in an education that they could learn more about God. Because I think when, you know, when you're a parent, you now start looking at things differently. Um, and uh, so we found a Lutheran school, and they went to that. And um, ultimately, um, in my profession, we got called to uh, possibly look in, into moving. And so we ended up coming to Ohio, which, which is where we're living now. And in that whole process, Cindy was very confident that the Lord was guiding us. She felt confident that uh, this is something that God had planned. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I still didn't feel that connection, if you Mm -hmm. will, to the Lord. Right. And uh, so then I came, we moved, and we looked around at home churches and things, and then ultimately settled on um, St. Paul's. And... um, and through the process of coming into that church and getting connected into a church, um, as, as you'd mentioned uh, when we met, um, I was a president of the congregation at the time. And prior to that, I had no experience at all. Um, but as I was going through and learning more, actually getting into God's Word, um, because I guess if you want to get to the ultimate crux of where did that connection come from, where did the Lord ultimately claim me as his own, it was, it was getting in his word and hearing him speak and understanding who he is and, and how all of this all plays out and, and what does that really mean. And as that happened in my life and I grew to that understanding, my life started changing. And um, as you know, Mark, um, I felt this hunger of trying to want to understand and know more about our Lord. And you pointed me to the the uh, the program, the ministry that involved um, um, the deaconate that I'm involved in now. But that wasn't the purpose. You know, if you recall, it was just I needed personal growth. Right. I needed a way of gro- growing and understanding more. And and uh, once that happened, and I dug into the Word and went through a one-year. Um, study of uh, Genesis through Revelation, the first time I'd ever gone through the Bible, Cindy went through that with me. It was just, that was it. You know, the match had struck, and now it's like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, take me, Lord, lead me, but yeah. be a little careful, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's been a wild ride since. Just yeah. Just incredible. incredible. So it's your, it was the sustained uh, exposure to the Word of God that really was the catalyst. That was for you. absolutely it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely it. Because it just it just resonated with me and and it spoke to me as as nothing could before. And just it just all started clicking and making sense. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, the first thing that hit me, the first thing that hit me was how horrible I am. I wanted to say how horrible I was, but you know, I'm still a sinner. Right. <laughs> no, oh I, I I know exactly what you mean. I think. Increasingly, uh, part of spiritual maturity is recognizing just how deeply that uh, flaw of sin goes yeah. in your life. And it doesn't disappear. 
Yeah, that's the, the, the struggle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it, it's that understanding that really caught me and go, wow, how horrible. And I look back and think about the things I'd gone through and the, the disappointments and the people that hurt in my life, and I'm thinking, wow. And I've got, there's this God that loves me in spite of all that, that would mm-hmm. come and, and die for me? Wow, you know, I, I need to know more. I want to know more, and I want to, I want to grow more to know him so that I can share him with others that don't know him as well uh because wow it's just that's it that's what it's about yeah you just touched on it but i'd like for you to uh, maybe restate your understanding of the gospel and how does that affect how does that impact your life today i mean clearly one facet of the gospel that is of utmost importance to us is we know that when we leave this life we're going into the direct presence of God by His grace. Mm. But presumably, that's down the line. <laughs> How does the gospel, what does it do for you today? Well, the gospel today, first of all, um, is just the understanding from my point of view, as, as I was touching on, and that is, you know, I'm, I'm born into sin and I'm just a sinful being. I, I live my whole early life not knowing God, not wanting to know God. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, and so by His grace alone, He brought me to a point of really learning more and understanding that there is a God. And as I became more aware of that, wow, there's this God that I'm a sinner, and there's no way that I can rectify and re- you know restore a relationship with a God that loves me because I'm just sinful. And so because I couldn't do that, the only way that that could be resolved was for Him to to do it himself. He sent his son Jesus, as we know, um, who came to this world and, and lived that perfect sinless life and went to the cross as, as, um, as that perfect sacrifice. And it was through his death for my sins. And I think about the, his death for my sins that, that I'm saved. <laughs> wow, okay. So I've done nothing to do with it. It's all on you, the Lord. And and, and so, therefore, I can just kind of live a life that says, thank you. And so I think that's what the gospel means to me is the fact that because of what God has done and continues to do in my life, I want to thank him. I want to thank him and glorify him and worship him, and I want to share what he has done in my life with others because I know that for those that don't know the Lord as their Lord, and as you say, we come to that time when we face the judge, you know, um, I want people to know him. I want people to, you know, live an eternal life of joy and happiness because I don't want the alternative to that for anyone, mm-hmm. for anyone. And so it causes me to want to, you know, proclaim him and share him um, as best that I can. And I, I have to tell you, I fail so often, but that is um, a purpose, I think, that he has of me in this life, and that is to share him. Yeah. You know, share him. I love what you said there about the reaction to the gospel as being a reaction of a life of thanks. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most persuasive and powerful ways of talking about an ongoing Christian life with people is that it's your thank you letter to the Lord. And sometimes that thank you uh, involves some risks. And I know you've gone out on the clothesline a number of times in your thanks to him, and the gospel makes you willing to take those risks. Talk about some of those, uh, the, the riskiness of being open to God's prompting. 
yeah, well, you know, as he leads us in our lives, you know, we run into these situations where we're not sure uh, whether or not we can do something he maybe he's calling us for, or he puts us in a, an awkward situation that um, could, you know, cause us to be, you know, um, on on the outside, I want to call it hurt, or in a, in a difficult situation where, you know, we can be ridiculed and things of that nature. And so we, he puts us in these situations sometimes that, you know, causes us to trust him and in that trust we grow we are strengthened we mature and we and we become soldiers we become these people that are just becoming less fearful Mm -hmm. and whether that's leading in a church organization you know as i'd mentioned i had no experience in church leadership and then you know i was asked to become a president of the congregation and i had no experience in in uh, doing any kind of ministry work um, but yet, you know, I felt compelled and called into, you know, uh, going down the path of doing uh, the deacon work that I'm doing and, and working with congregations and, and, and just putting yourself out there in those situations where, as you say, you don't know what the ultimate outcome is going to be, um, but at the same time you trust that those uh, opportunities that have been presented are the ones that God has put you in for two purposes. One is, well, three, I want to say, mm-hmm. ultimately to glorify him. Mm-hmm. And through the process of whatever that opportunity is to share him with those in a, in a fearless way, but in a loving way, so that he can be glorified, um, which helps others to hear the good news of the Lord, at the same time strengthening me in my faith to know that I actually can, with his help, do these things that he's called me to do. And uh, it's, just, it's just finding that strength and trusting in him um, to be able to go on that limb and, and, and take those chances. Uh, it's, it's, it's all on him. And I, I put it on him. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I understand what you're saying. And that takes time. Yeah. It takes experience. I mean, that forging that soldier, mm. bold mentality is uh, something that doesn't happen overnight. It happens in the, the crucible of those uncomfortable experiences and, and situations like you were talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um. What would you, you know, you, I know you're involved with a, a number of really kind of interesting, fascinating ministries now through St. Peter. What's God up to in you and through you right now? Well, our church is currently vacant. Our pastor was called uh, to another church in June. So um, with that, I've been uh, serving as deacon within the church there for a couple of years. And so... Um, um, so now I'm currently um, filling the position of what I would call vacancy pastor to try and help the congregation work through the time uh, between our past uh, pastor and our next one. Um, and so that causes me to, you know, serve every week. I'm, you know, preaching, I'm serving. Um, when I'm not there, because there's another church that I'm still uh, helping to serve, uh, then I arrange for uh, other pastors to come in and, and help us, and that whole process of, of, of now kind of leading the church in a in a kind of an unofficial way, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, is is uh, very challenging, reaching and rewarding, um, but um, uh, very challenging. And so, you know, God is using me in that particular way, in that particular purpose, for a purpose, whatever that might be, and. Um, and to just know and help the congregation to know and understand that, you know, the man that God is calling to the position of the pastor 
has been determined. We just got to figure out in a, a way of understanding what his name is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because so it's co- there's comfort in that. Sure. And and so that whole thing um, in helping to lead the church in that particular way is, uh, has been uh, an exciting time for me, a uh, challenging time, as I said. Sure, yeah. Um, but then, as I said, I, I still help other churches as well. And as you know, I, uh, I, I serve with uh, Lutheran Hour Ministries in the Ohio District and mm-hmm. helping to bring Mission U, which is an equipping um, ministry to help train and equip uh, lay people to help share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. So there's a, yeah, God's, uh, God's messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. Um, I know over the last year, I believe it was, you uh, made a sojourn to the Holy Land. What was that like? Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, that was uh, an incredible experience just to think through and actually be at places where our Lord actually walked. And so to be, you know, in the, the Mount of the Beatitudes or to sail on the Sea of Galilee and, and to be in Jerusalem and, and all those places that are real, it's kind of like, you know, the M&M commercial where, you know, Santa Claus is there and they faint and go, wow, he is real, yeah, he is real. The Lord is real. I mean, these places are real, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that probably is the thing that struck me the most is that it's, it's all real. I mean, you know it is. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually there going, wow. You know, here we are in Capernaum, and there's the ruins of the synagogue, and in the bottoms of those ruins there, which they've excavated, you know, that's where the Lord worshipped. And wow, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's it just, is uh, just that understanding is just incredible, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. And at the same time, just knowing you know, when you look at the Old Testament history and the persecution of the Jewish people, and how that continues today, and and just to think about you know how God continues to um, you know work in the lives of his people, both the ones that, um, you know, um, uh, what he, you know, the Old Testament calls his chosen people, the Israeli people, that don't know him yet even. He still is working in their hearts to come to know the Lord. And the movement of Messianic uh, Jewish people in in the state is incredible. You know, it's growing and growing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then how that has all spread from that little country into the world it's just you know with no roads or hardly any roads how the communication it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah ridiculous amazing. amazing yeah i've heard some bible scholars talk about you know sort of that sensation as god's backup systems in other words you can go to capernaum you can go to you know there is a tarsus that mm. saul was from Right. Um, clearly, you know the the ruins of Solomon's temple still exist in Jerusalem, and and uh, so it's just the fact that the, what the Bible's talking about is not a collection of fables mm. and fairy tales. It's talking about real places and real people who actually existed, and that gives a, a whole depth of meaning to this the central theme, which is the Christ did come. In the person of Jesus, and mm. and you were <laughs> at the places where all those yeah. things took, you know, well, where they happened. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely, just uh, remarkable, remarkable to look at it that way. But yeah, it was uh, a joyful, uplifting experience, and I hope and recommend that others, you know, have that same sojourn and, and opportunity. As you know, my daughter Paige went with me, or actually, mm-hmm. I went with her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and. Um, 
um, I'd love to be able to take Cindy there, my wife, sometime, because mm-hmm. I think it would be just a, a growing experience yet again. Did you get to see the Jordan River? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, we actually went to the Jordan River, and uh, yeah, just the way they commercialize things is horrible. But anyway. <laughs> okay. In order to be yeah, able there to is go, that, isn't there? The order to be able to go into the, to the water, you had to have a gown. It's the only way you can enter the river, and then hmm. you have to you know pay for it, whatever it might be. But anyway, the bottom line is... Uh, Paige and I went into the river, and we um, we had a remembrance of her baptism, you know, with each other, if you will. So that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I brought six vials of water back with me. And most recently, our second granddaughter was born, and uh, in her baptism, uh, we used some of the Jordan River water. Wow, so that was pretty cool. That is very, very <laughs> it's, nice. It's water, right? Yeah, but it's just I don't know. It's, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's the location <laughs> it's and the location. all the. All the biblical uh, meaning yeah. behind that. Yeah. Very so nice. Really but that's the river that our Lord was baptized in. Wow. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it exists. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. Yeah. That's great. Good. Well, Ron, I'm hoping that there will be people who will hear our conversation, and they may be in a place where you were many years ago. Uh, if you were sitting across the table from them right now, what are some things that you might want to tell them or as they're listening to this now and maybe they're they're searching for meaningfulness in their life what would you have to tell them well you know i really think the power the power of god's word is is just incredible i mean god can do whatever he chooses to do he's sovereign over all things but he works through people um, and he works through his word. And uh, I, I, I strongly urge and suggest to people, you know, how can you get to know a God or come to love a God that you don't understand or that you don't know? And he's provided a means for us to know him, and that is through his written word. And so my suggestion is that people take the opportunity and just consider the possibility that all of this is real and read scripture and get an understanding of what it's talking about because I think once people start to take that opportunity and actually start um, listening to what is written, um, they can start drawing conclusions based upon things that they actually are reading about rather than hearsay from somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's great that I can offer an opinion, it's great that you can offer an opinion, but the only opinion that matters is what's written in those words. And each one um, will hear it differently, and God will speak to people in that particular way. So my urge for people that um, are seeking a greater understanding or meaning of who they are, why, all those kind of things, is there is a purpose. There is an absolute purpose in their lives, and um, it can be found by knowing and understanding who God is. And the best way to do that, I think, is through Scripture. I know it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. And the, the big advantage today is that there's so many ways of getting into that word, more yeah. than ever before. And uh, those are words of wisdom, I think, is to just dig into the word of God and investigate it on its own terms. Yeah, and I think you, that's a good point you bring up because uh, my wife is not a great reader um, but yet, I wanted her the opportunity to be in God's Word more, 
And so a couple of years ago, I got her an audio Bible mm-hmm. that she listens to in the car. Yeah. You know, and even when we're going somewhere, driving out here, you know, it's kind of like slip the disc in, you know. Right. It's like, wow, this is great. So, yeah, there's so many different ways you have access today uh, to God's Word that uh, it can fit into any lifestyle. And, uh, and as you know, the power's in the Word. Just listen. Yeah. It'll talk. <laughs> yes, Definitely. Well, um, first of all, thank you, Ron, for taking your time today. Um, I didn't mention this at the top, but we are at the Ohio District All Church Workers Conference in Sandusky, Ohio, and we're up early <laughs> before <We are>. <laughs> before the rest of the day gets started, so I really appreciate you uh, giving of your time in that way. If you, for any reason, would like to contact us here at Voices of Faith, I'd love to hear from you. And you can write us at faithpodcast at outlook.com. Again, that's faithpodcast at outlook.com. Any comments, suggestions, if you know of someone that you uh, think might want to be on the show or would, would like to be a part of the program in any way, if you'd like to offer support in any way, uh, please contact us. Ron Rollins, as you've heard, is uh, a faithful soldier of the cross and has been a a constant source of encouragement for me. So I thank you very much once again for for giving of your time and for sharing your life of faith with us. And in conclusion, I'd just like to remind you of the great truth that weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning.